Hi, I'm Brooke. And I'm Steven. And, and this, this is Waiting, Waiting Tables, Tables Podcast. Pick up a tray and bust your table. Who the f*** brewed tea? Why the hell am I double sat? What's up, pal? Hi. How are you doing today? Great. Chilling. Chilling? You know, the we usual. Got, we got a good one today. We do have a good one yes. today. Been, we've been excited about this one for it's, a long time. It's been hard to sit on this one for yeah. a couple weeks. I keep wanting to be like, you gotta listen to the one that's coming up. Yeah. Like, I can't blow it up. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm not really a great secret keeper. No. <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, dude, then the very next day I told everybody at work. <laughs> I was like, guess who we yeah. talked to? <laughs> as soon as I can't, as soon as I know that I can't say something, I'm like... Mm, you want to tell everybody I need to tell somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, let's just cut right to it. So we are about to present to you our interview with Drew Talbert. And if that name doesn't immediately ring a bell, you will know him as... Uh, Bistro Hoodie from TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. all over social media. He plays all the characters in the restaurants. You know his reels. You love them. And uh, we had the pleasure of chatting with him um, back in December. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just super excited for you to hear this interview. So without further ado, here it is. Our interview with Drew Talbert. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. You might know him as Nicole, Aaron, Terry, Bridget, Tim, Pam, Durrell, Joey, Nico, Pickles, Ruby, Clint, Harold, Oscar, River, Poppy, and of course, Brad. <laughs> but we know him as the one, the only hometown kid, Tennessee hero, Drew Talbert. Welcome to the show, Drew. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so for being here, man. Yeah. I thought you were going to also say Suzanne's brother. <laughs> well, you know, we I don't want to blow up her oh, spot. No, yeah, we I don't want to no blow one. her cover. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, we don't ever, you know, want to throw a name out if, if, uh, you know, it's a, someone's like secret go-to spot. You know? Well, that's her fake name. I she, use. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> She's a big deal in our, in our park. She really so. is. It's like a celebrity coming in every week. Literally. <laughs> anytime she walks through the door. So, <laughs> but, uh, man, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's, it's honestly like, let's get the, let's get the cheesy stuff out of the way. We are such huge fans of yours, man. Like, Literally at, at multiple times a week, Brooke and I are sending back and forth your reels, just back and crying. Forth. Nicole is ha- obviously Nicole's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. We appreciate it. My wife writes with me, as you know. And yes. Yeah. And we always right see now. you always tag her as co-writer in your mm-hmm. descriptions. And yeah, she's a huge part of it. Yeah. She says it can seem, you know. You guys met uh, at a restaurant. Is that correct? Yeah, we did. We met working at a barbecue restaurant in Los Angeles, California. Man, that's, I mean, you know, we really love love stories that come from, the good things that come from the industry. She's a vegetarian working in a barbecue restaurant, you know. There's a catch-22. That's there, yeah. Uh, So, you know, obviously we are here to make sure that you uh, didn't forget about your Tennessee roots. That's our one thing that we have in common is Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I cannot forget. I mean, it was my life for half, you know, half of my life. Over half my life, really, I guess, at this yeah. point. I'm doing the math now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that you know what's going on here, but I'm going to take a brief second to explain the show. Uh, Brooke and I put together this podcast so we can bring on our favorite servers to tell their best, funniest, craziest, worst stories about that, which uh, we all do know, love, and oftentimes loathe uh, the service industry. And uh, that's the only qualifications. Bring on your best stories. And um, we might have a couple questions for you if there's time. And then, of course, we got to talk a little bit about Bistro Huddy before we let you go. And um, I think we already told you beforehand, the one rule is we do not speak about where we work by name. It's a big secret. Um, We're just kind of hoping somebody figures it out one day. (laughs) Can I? It could be you. It could be you. For sure. sure. You want to I can th- mention my restaurants? You, oh yes, yeah. You can talk about where you worked. That's kind of. No, I'm uh, not going to mention yours. I'm I'm keeping your secret, guys. <laughs> I'm <laughs> blood oath. We appreciate it, and that obviously that kind of leads into uh, our first question. Everybody gets the same first question, Drew. Where was your first restaurant? How'd you get into the industry? Where did it all start? Um, I was 16 years old. I took a summer job as a busser, a bus boy at O'Charlie's in Hickory Hollow Mall. I think Ooh. it's probably gone now. But yeah, that whole entire place is gone. Yeah, I just had bombed it, right? Yeah, they bomb <laughs> it. I, don't, I haven't been over there in a while. Isn't that mall where you guys Creek. worked or no? Wrong mall? 
Wrong ball. Yeah, wrong ball. Wrong ball. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, I was there and um, I showed up late my very first day. I was out, you know, playing basketball, getting sweaty, 16 years old, <laughs> living my life. And I realized, oh, yeah, I start my first job today. Oops, today's the day. My mom's Toyota Tercel zoomed over there, sweaty, show up late, slam the door. And the last thing I hear is um, with or without you from YouTube blaring as I <laughs> locked the keys in the car with the engine running. <laughs> and I go in. And say, I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm the new bus boy and I need to call my mom because I locked the keys in the car oh, with the car run. Oh no. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and so yeah, they put me in a freezer for like an hour chipping away ice on the floor. And, and, <laughs> and I was finally discovered by Harold the dishwasher. Penance. I don't I don't know that they necessarily did it that way, but to it, do that? it felt it was just like they no one knew what to do with me. I was just passed around. I was brand new and and he was like, go to that guy. And I went to that guy. And that guy's like, what? Uh, go to that guy. And by the time the final guy was like, uh, there's ice built up on the deep freezer. Take this and chip it away. And he just left me there and they forgot about me. And I just was in there freezing. And this five foot two dishwasher named Harold, who spoke, I don't know what dialect of redneck this was, but he was <laughs> incompetent. I mean, you could not understand him. I never, for years, for for the whole summer, I worked there. And then later, I was a, a server at a different O'Charlie's. But anyway, I never understood anything he'd say. He'd just scream at me from behind the dish pit. But he rescued me. He found me. He's like, no, you're not like that. And I was like, <laughs> uh, they told me to. He was like, oh, you know, just like was mad, but he saved me. He was mad, but he saved me. But he rescued you. He opened the door. You yeah. just made a nice ice sculpture in there for how <laughs> yeah, long you were no. in there. Icicles. I mean, it was house. just like, I look like, you know, Jack at the end of Titanic. You know? <laughs> just like, Sliced in blue. <laughs> this guy, yeah. Yeah, are you familiar with uh, King of the Hill at all? This guy sounds very Boomhauer to me. Yeah, very Boomhauer. Yeah. But like, but, but shaped like, um, in Lord of the Rings, and my axe, that guy. Oh gosh, yeah, uh, uh, Gimli, right? Yeah, the dwarf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm in there. Combine those nerd. two. That's Harold. Boom, Howard Gimli. That's <laughs> that's a picture. Oh man, that's funny. Uh, so you, so O Charlie's. You said you worked at um, multiple O Charlie's. Is that was that right? Buster at Hickory Hollow, and then my first server job was. Um, I think I started as a junior in college or maybe earlier than that. I worked there through college at the Brentwood location. Okay. As a server. That was my first serving job. Now, did you it was go a from sandwich artist artist stint for a summer at uh Blimpies, but oh wow. Know. Shout out to Blimpies. Okay. Blimpies <laughs> throwback. Is, is Blimpies still around? Maybe in a very desolate. They mall. slice their own, you know, meat. Uh, and it's it's like a franchise situation, and our owner was uh, this pothead uh, father of three who would just use this store as an excuse to get away from his family. And Excellent, kind of like, nice. that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. that's Isn't not, that what all that's guys not do? the first time <laughs> that we've place heard was that insane. on this show. <laughs> it was insane what went on there. The, all the employees were fish heads. Um, so this is back mm-hmm. when fish was really touring, and they would close because <clears throat> the owner did not come by at night. Period. You know, after five o'clock, it was just these 18-year-olds running the place. Okay. And they would shut it down early to get to a show. Man, you know, that kind of thing. Any friends <laughs> come in, they would make them a free sandwich. They were dealing out of the back kitchen using the restaurant scales. Sure, and they had yes. a, um, a, ch- a changeable copy marquee sign that would li- that was supposed to list specials. Mm-hmm. And they have it say, please ask for oregano whenever they had stuff. <laughs> You're kidding. And people would come in and I was, I was a church boy through and through. I had never even like said the words of some of these substances, you know, out of fear. Of course, yeah. I was like, yeah. uh, and so I'd be sitting there making a customer sandwich and I could see out the corner of my eye. This guy's like way, weighing out stuff <laughs> to sell to his friend who was sitting over there. And I was just like, 
It was crazy. Olive oil. Oh my gosh. I love the code. I love oregano, the code name. Mm -hmm. That's so, that's so, that's not, that's not okay, but that's, that's, that's funny. That's the nine. Not okay. Right. Right. Not okay. Definitely not okay. Officially not. Fish head, fish head means that was the nineties for sure. Right. Yeah. 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 Man. I had a uh, I had a brief stint at Subway. So you and I have the sandwich artist. Uh, oh, I worked in the deli for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was a Quiznos girl. We <laughs> <laughs> all made sandwiches. So we're repping all the three major, the big three. That's mm-hmm. funny. Uh, Jersey Mike's would like a word with you. <laughs> we should Quiznos swing by downtown. Dead, right? uh, yeah. There's, I believe there's be. one in JFK Airport still. <laughs> Just the, the lone. Are you talking about Jersey Mike's? No, Quiznos. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like the last block. Jersey Mike's, it's thriving. Yeah, they yeah, need to they're, be yeah, they're killing it. Yeah. Quiznos was so good. So good. That it little creepy the, commercial toasted. monster guy. They were the original mm-hmm. toasted sub, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a whole, you can look it up. There's a reason they they went uh, downhill and it was a, a, a on their corporate side, a real terrible financial decision they made. It's not the product. Yeah. The dagger. We had a Quiznos uh, in our UC at, in college and oh, we, yeah. dude, we ate there like every single day. There was so nothing good. else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, oh, Charlie's man, that takes me back. Cause there was, when we first, my family first moved to Tennessee that like, that was one of the only restaurants around. It was like 94, I think mm-hmm. you'd catch the Gilberts at Oh Charlie's after church on a Sunday and, I've never been to an O Charlie's. <laughs> never? Ever. Never? Mm-mm. They were famous at the time in the 90s. Uh, it was like the chicken tenders were really popular mm. and the loaded baked potato soup. And they had this caramel pie that was really popular. Those were like some of the the things. Oh, and their, their bread. These big oh, of course, yeah, the free rolls. bread. That oh. people would go, you know, it's one of those restaurants that was known for that. So mm-hmm. you go, hey, folks, my name is Drew. Give me that bread. Give me that good bread. 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 <laughs> You're like, okay, let me finish saying my name. That's me, me when I go to Outback. <laughs> Keep yeah. it coming. <laughs> Give me, come on. I don't care what your name is. Bread. Bread. They would just scream it at you. Like bread, more bread. And uh, it was like kids ate free on certain days or every day for a while. I can't remember. So if one adult ordered an entree, two kids got, so you could do a party of six and have two entrees. That's it. So it could be like back then in the nineties, that might be $20, you know, yeah. $20 for a party of six is the total bill. Oh my Lord. Thank you. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Good times. (laughs) Do kids still do eat free there, right? I would imagine there's not many O'Charlie's maybe, left. Maybe, yeah. 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 So how long were you at O'Charlie's before you made it out of there into a, you know, the next level up? So it was, it was in college and pretty much uh, that's it. So I think it was like two or three years there. And then I um, graduated college and me and some friends got jobs entry level at this, like doing data entry. And then LA called and I answered. So I, I moved to LA and started working at a restaurant in Malibu. And then I moved back to Nashville, <clears throat> right? Okay. To make a short film with a friend of mine and raise money and all that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I worked at this now defunct restaurant called Granite Falls. It was in Midtown. Hmm. And uh, then Green Hills Grill. And this is the old version of Green Hills Grill that was like, King of Green Hills for a while. Okay. It was packed just every night. <clears throat> Good job. And then um, then I, I did like a week at Carabas. Don't really think that counts. And then I did <laughs> um, in the Hermitage Hotel downstairs. There's a chain called Capital Grill. This was spelled differently. It was a one-off called Capital Grill. Okay. And Hermitage, and so this was ultra fine dining. I mean, this was like you would take classes on every detail of what you did. Oh, wow. It was, it was intense. Uh, chef Sean Brock. It was his first job as a full chef, um, and uh, that's where I learned a lot about wine and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you way too much of my, my biography, but that. Mm-hmm. But then I moved to LA again, and I've been out here since. I've worked in Beverly Hills and in the Valley, and you know. Okay. What's been your favorite place that you've worked at out on the West Coast? <clears throat> on the West Coast, it was uh, Boneyard Bistro. Uh, Ten years there. It's the longest I ever worked anywhere. It's where I met Andrea. Okay. Okay. And it was, there was a, 
a lot of good moments, but there was this chunk of like four years that's rare to find working in restaurants where it was just an awesome staff. Aces everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it had all craft, like 42 craft beers on tap wow. and they didn't do a deal with Anheuser-Busch. So it was just all changing every week. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff, one-offs and amazing wine. The food was great. The chefs were great. The um, the bartenders, like encyclopedic knowledge of spirits, like and wine, stuff. beer at every corner. Like if you didn't know, you would ask your friend, uh, you know, there were servers there that had their own collections at home of stuff that would rival great bars, you know, like they lived and breathed this stuff. So like customers felt it and it was just like, it had such a vibe for a while. It was just always packed. Everybody was a regular, it felt like cheers, but it was just rocked for like mm-hmm. a good chunk of time there. That was probably my, my favorite experience. I love that. And I'd been there a while. So like everybody knew me and it just felt it was easy, you know. Just mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like where it sounds like where we are. I mean, sand's kind of like the the crazy in depth knowledge on a lot of that stuff, but right. Our spot is, you know, you see the same faces in there every night, and like everybody's mm-hmm. always, you know, so glad to see you, no matter what day of the week it is, and it's all it's very much. We feel that same way where we're at now. It's that's it's a good great. spot. It's a good yes. spot. I found that to be hard to find. I think that's great. It's very hard to find. I mean, Brooke. Uh, that's the, you've only this been there. This has been my only restaurant that I've actually served at. And everyone has been like, do not leave because yeah. you will come right back. <laughs> yeah. No, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been through a few more places. I think, I think I've all, when it's all said and done, I've, I've worked at about 13, 14 different stops. And it's like, it is hard to find because this is, this is the last restaurant that I want to work at. And it's the best place that I've ever worked. So I completely understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And it's hard even to, even if you find it, it's hard to keep it. Right. Change, wanna, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you lose people, lose some good staff, lose your favorite manager or something, and you're like, what? why do I even want to be here anymore? <laughs> yeah. And then you find a new person to fill that. Right. Shout I, out to Stephen Smithing, though, uh, former manager of the Green Hills Grill, because outside of Boneyard, that was the other great run. Yeah. And he was one of my favorite managers, if not my favorite manager. I've do you know had. if he's uh, still in the biz around here? No, no, he did like Mayor Bulls for a while. And I know after that, and I lost track, but he's, he was awesome. I mean, he just, he was just one of these managers who kept his cool. He led with, uh, by example and, you know, he had credibility and he didn't have to get angry to get things done. And he just like, I remember when he interviewed me, he was like, this place works. I just flip a switch and it goes. My philosophy is aces in new places. As long as I keep good people, I don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. It's like a well-oiled like, machine. I mean, yeah. that's such a, that's, that's so, such a simple mm-hmm. outlook. And it's so true though. I mean, like, and it is, it's shockingly hard to find places that understand that. And actually it works just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so earlier when I said your wildest, craziest, funniest, worst stories, from your time in the industry, did anything come to mind right away as like a big oh, yeah. shocker? Yeah. I can tell you my worst uh, shift ever in 22 years of serving. Let's hear it. Oh, we'd we'll love to hear what that. we want. Yeah. And then I could also, if you want another one, I could tell you the craziest thing I ever witnessed happen. All right. Yeah, let's we go. Want both of let's us. go for both. Yeah. The worst uh, was at the Beverly Hilton. The restaurant was called Circa 55. So a little backstory, if you don't know, the Beverly Hilton is where the Golden Globes are hosted. It's a historic hotel in Beverly Hills. And it's old. And someone bought it and and invested a lot of money into it, gave it a huge facelift. This was back in, I want to say, 2007 or 2008. And one of the things they did was they took the restaurant that was downstairs that had been a staple of the Beverly Hills community for years. I uh, forget what it was called. It was named after an old Hollywood uh, star, um, Mer- Merv Griffin, maybe. It was called like, okay. Griffin. I know, Griffin. I, know, I, I know that name, yeah. They took it, and it was a buffet-style restaurant. And it was a union hotel that had all these like servers that were in their like 60s and 70s who had worked there for like 40, 50 years. And the same families would come there all the time, particularly this is important for holidays. So, so you're a Beverly Hills family 
And uh, you, for decades, you'd bring your family there for this buffet for, say, Thanksgiving, right? Amongst other things. And it's easy because it's a buffet and blah, blah, blah. It sounds kind of like a Maribel's a little bit. Uh, Maybe. Kind of. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, And um, so, but anyway, whoever bought this hotel changed the restaurant completely, called it Circa 55, hired a bunch of young people. At the time, I would be considered that. (laughs) Still are. Um, Still young, Drew. Kind of after grapes more, you know? And they shoved these older servers to like the breakfast shifts and to all these banquet staff and stuff like that. And they wanted it to feel hip and cool. And the design, the decor, everything changed. So what and you're it was saying, no, not a buffet. So what you're it was, saying it is... Was full serve. What's that? So, so, so what you're saying is this had been working splendidly for years and years and years. And for some reason, somebody came in and just changed well, everything. It, it must have not been like financially lucrative the way they were going okay. about it to a point. It had worked smoothly if you asked these families. You okay, know. sure, sure. <laughs> um, you know, whose matriarch or patriarch might be in their 80s at this point. <laughs> okay. <you know? laughs> Living in their mansions and bringing their families here and that kind of thing. But so when Thanksgiving rolls around, the first Thanksgiving since this big change, and we had been struggling already. It was like they hired this chef from Australia who uh, probably was very talented in some ways. He was thrown into a tough situation. It just the functionality of the place was just full of bugs and it was just like really a mess. And I remember just being stressed out all the time. It would be either like completely dead in there or too busy and they couldn't handle it. And it was just never pleasant. Enter Thanksgiving. And we show up and they are booked like crazy. And it's as servers, this is our first experience with this. We're like, wow, what is going on? And then we finally heard the story. Oh, these are all these families. It's all like eight to 12 tops, you know, just one after the other. You know, two to three people, fine dining. Here's the menu. Like, we're like, what is happening? And they're setting up extra tables and bringing it. <laughs> we didn't have the staff for this. We're They're like, here's your section, Drew. And it's like massive. Eight tables. Like, what's going on? <laughs> There's like three seatings of like 20 tops, you know, mm-hmm. and 10 tops and all this. And we're like, and they're expecting a buffet. Oh, or they, no. or they're like, they've been told, but they don't really process it. So all these families come in, they sit down, they get in these menus. And here's the real problem. The Australian chef had not really paid any attention to traditional American Thanksgiving. What he had done is he created a special menu for that night with four options. One was a traditional American Thanksgiving dinner. One was, say, like a salmon dish. One was this other, you know, but only one of the four was blah, blah. And he had prepped equal parts of all four. Oh, of course. No. Yeah. So <laughs> you can now start to feel where this is going. Yeah. 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 Mayhem. So of three <laughs> seatings of these very entitled, very wealthy, very like Just pretentious, these kind of people. Yeah. And the first round of these seatings, about halfway in, we run out of traditional American Thanksgiving dinner. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's the only thing they wanted. We knew that was happening. He goes from, (laughs) he's screaming at us. Why is everyone, I'm not going to try to do an American, uh, Australian accent, but why is everyone ordering Thanksgiving? Why is is everyone ordering Thanksgiving? Like, are you insane? That's what they're here for. And they're used to just going down to the carving station and the potatoes. And like, this is just insane. So, I'm going to spare you the details. It was just a lot of yelling, screaming. And I have been doing this a while. You know, I've I've dealt with up angry shows, but this was like, I've dealt with upset customers. I've never had this massive of a space full of this many people, all of them upset, Angry. you know, and the food that was, that we did have was taking like over an hour to come out. It was wild. We had people, I remember one point I worked with this guy, David at the time. And this guy got up, grabbed David by the vest because we had vest part of uniform, grabbed it and said, my food or the check (laughs) now in the middle of the dining room and pushed him back and sat down. I was like, I had all these tables you know, there's only so many times you can go to them and apologize or get them a drink yeah. or only so many times. 
And you can do that with one table. It's stressful. But not with four, five. On top of that, there's more people. There's like people coming down the steps waiting for their turn. These people, I mean, not their turn to yell at you. (laughs) You can feel this if you've served. You can feel the weight of this. Uh, I can feel the anxiety right now. Just despicable. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember I finally went into this back room that wasn't being used. It was where we polished glasses. And I just sat down and put my back up against this thing. And I just sat there like, (laughs) <laughs> kind of comatose for a while. It was just like catatonic state. Before I went back out there, I still I blacked out after that. I don't know how it ended. It was, but it was an absolute nightmare. That's. I mean, if you had told me that was like a server nightmare that you had had, oh, I would have. I would have believed you one hundred percent. Like that just it was sounds probably like, as bad or worse than any server nightmare I'd ever had. It was oh just God. like. I could like I could just feel that as you were telling mm-hmm. it. Just no, like I mean, yeah, people screaming. Yeah. No end. No end. If you've sight. ever worked on a holiday where they have, you know, it's a Thanksgiving or they have like a Christmas special, and they don't make enough of it, you feel it. Like you, I think oh, that was yeah. like my first Thanksgiving I ever worked was that um, we ran out of turkey at like four o'clock, and I was like, oh, oh they came at us with like pitchforks. <laughs> yeah, I think I've, I don't think mess I've never with people's heard. holidays. No, no, I've never no. heard of a restaurant doing a Thanksgiving dinner that did not run out. I think every story yeah. we've had yeah. on the show, everything that I've experienced mm-hmm. myself, we always manage to screw it up. Somehow, sure. some way. <laughs> You're right, though. You don't mess with people's holidays. That's like... <laughs> no. That's, that's got to be the number they're one They're used rule. to what they want. Don't switch it Yeah. <laughs> Especially they brought their family. I mean, they're all dressed up and like, it's a tradition, you know? Anyway. So this is at uh, a restaurant in in the Valley out here in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, and um, two well-known hip-hop stars. So it's a Friday or Saturday night. Andrea was there too. She could correct me, but it was a weekend night full. Families. Um, this Bentley and stops in the middle of Ventura Boulevard in like the turning lane. It just stops in the middle right in front of a restaurant. And a, a man gets out, comes in. I didn't recognize him. Most people did. I had to be told later because it's not my genre of expertise. Mm-hmm. There's their style is it, but um and he comes in and goes to the bar with uh, a group of other people that got out of the car. And then Another man, very well known, who I also had to be told later, but <laughs> comes out of the same car, chases the other guy in. They get into an altercation, but we're packed, right? And as if it was in a movie, it's like you see in these action movies, this kind of happens sometimes, or like in a Western, you know. But one of the, the bigger guy takes the smaller guy by the neck picks him up and like carries him the length of the patio, which runs the full length of the front of our restaurant and (laughs) slams him body slams him with one arm down through a table where this family of six were eating (laughs) plates go everywhere. Yes. I mean, it was like, holy, you know, and people are standing up like screaming, Mm -hmm. like people are like taking their children and running to the back. (laughs) And I'm just like, my customers standing next to me, the braver ones, you know, we're all just yeah. like, what? Watching. Like, TMZ called like later. Cause like they, TMZ called. <laughs> the guy who got spice, I've got up laughing and kind of went back to the bar and tried to get his drink. And the, they were like, I think you should go. I think you're, <laughs> I think you're causing here, a problem yeah. here. Finally, they all kind of left and the car sped away. And um, I know everyone's like, who was it? Who was it? I really don't feel like I should say. No. No. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, no. You don't no. have to. No. Um, we don't want to see you get by. I don't know what the statute of limitations are on battery, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. I, like, let's not find I out I know today. for a fact that the guy has a record, and so it's like, I don't want to say. But yeah, TZ called and was like, you know. Give us a scoop. As Barry into hip hop, she was like, "Oh my gosh, that was sound, 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 sound." She's like, "Did you get an autograph, though?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was all about it. But um, it was the craziest thing I've ever like seen. I mean, I've seen other crazy. St- I mean, I could go on and on. Like, 
you know, you guys, we've oh, if you've worked this long in this many places. Not much you haven't seen. Yeah, exactly. And the celebrities. I mean, between Nashville, Malibu, Beverly Hills, and the Valley, I've served everybody. Mm -hmm. Name it. Like, I've served them. So it's like... Yeah, that's... Nicest ones and the worst. And yeah. That's normally a question that I like to ask everybody that we talk to is who's the most famous person you've served. But I, I'm assuming, like you just said, you've probably, you could run down the list and especially yeah. being on the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know who the most famous would be because, like, you know, they're all uh, up there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just like, was there the nicest is Adam Sandler? Oh, that's For so sure. great. That's cool. I love to hear that. I mean, just, I just watched Age Crazy Nights. One of the time. nicest <laughs> humans you'll serve beyond yeah. just being a celebrity. Mm -hmm. Puts everything down, looks you right in the eye. <clears throat> Steven, is that what you said? All right, Steven, thanks, man. Uh, and then he'll remember it next time he comes in. Steven, you know, <laughs> uh, he'll show up on the local basketball courts and the parks. Like my friend, my roommate at the time would go play and he'd be like, Adam Sandler was there yeah. playing pickup ball. And he's like, he's the type to get everybody involved. Like my friend's name was Kevin. So he'd be like, Kevin. He like make sure everybody was having fun. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. uh literally what they portray like Adam Sandler as is actually how he really is. Yeah. It's just beyond nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most most people are though, you know, most most of them are. There was one really bad one, but you know, why even focus on him? But it's like, yeah. Yeah. Farrell, very nice. Uh you said Will Farrell. Will Farrell yeah. is very nice. Served I love him. Hollywood. Yeah. Great. It's always, it's always cool uh, to hear um, like when somebody is just extraordinary in real life. That is like of that statue. status. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love Pamela that. Anderson. Great mom. Like she would come in when I worked in Malibu with their, I bet they're in their twenties now, these little boys. And in Malibu was just like the worst for parents. I mean, just talk like run wild children. Mm -hmm. Like, very laissez-faire approach to parenting. So nanny. you're just like kids like running into your legs while you're carrying food all the time and that kind of thing. But she was like, she had them, you know, they loved her. You could tell, but she controlled them in a way that was unusual for. That's cool. I feel house. like the way you just described those kids would be like the crazy kids. If Poppy and River had children. <laughs> what they oh, would exactly. <laughs> Drew, yeah. that reminds me, you had a, you had a video where you were doing a bit about kids in the restaurant and it was, you were also playing the kid and you were running around in the background screaming dinosaurs. Yeah. And that one like brought me to tears because <laughs> not only because it was like so freaking funny, but because, um, Seeger and I worked at a restaurant. You might be familiar with it here in Nashville called the aquarium. It's in Opry Mills mall it might not have been around before you left i can't remember when I, it, that sounds so familiar did it have an actual aquarium or? yes mm -hmm. so it's like it's got a big two hundred thousand gallon aquarium in the middle of the restaurant and it's like it's qual it qualifies as casual fine dining it's not like super fine dining but right. on a daily basis we would have parents would get seated and they would just like send their kids like it was a playground off to the aquarium and they would be like sprinting laps around the aquarium and banging on the walls and like yeah. we're carrying trays and like when I yeah. saw that video, I was just like, dude, this is literally yeah. what I, what we lived for five years. Like, yes. like, you know, hip checking Ooh, kids years. out of the way. <laughs> it's dangerous. It yeah. is, it's so it dangerous. Is, and then they look at you like, why'd you hit me? Or like, why'd you walk into me? Yeah. Like, you're the one running right. around. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a no win. So uh, I'm curious on the note of, uh, of Bistro Hoodie. Do you, do you like, can you tell us like how that actually came to be like what was the what was the start of be sure when did you realize that you had something there so it was when uh COVID hit my restaurant shut down and I was teaching also um at the groundlings it's a um sketch and improv school okay. and theater in Los Angeles famous for a lot of people that have come out of it notably Melissa McCarthy Will Ferrell um it, it goes back to the 70s though Phil Hartman and growling, wow. you know, wow. there's a long, long list of amazing people that have come out of there and, uh, Kristen Wiig. Um, and I perform improv there. Occasionally I was teaching there improv. And, uh, so that's where all the character work, it's a character based 
improv style where we teach you to create characters and you improvise scenes in character. So it's less like heady, jokey mm-hmm. improv, mm-hmm. like on whose line is it anyway? Okay. And more you just like create take these on characters. a persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Find one that's appropriate for the suggestion. And, mm-hmm. and I love the style. And so, but we do improv, but also written sketches certain nights. And that's where you have the wigs and all that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had wigs. I had character style training and that's what I did. And um, COVID shut everything down. And I had time. I had a one-year-old at the time, no real time. Suddenly I had a little time and I started making videos for this new app called TikTok. (laughs) And my wife had gotten on it and I saw some funny stuff on there. And I just did random ideas. And then there was this one I did about a restaurant situation was the biggest hit. And that's when I was like, oh, I'm going to lean into this. this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've got a lot of material for this, you know. And it started as more like one of the bigger hits early on was like jokes that waiters have heard a million times or fake laughing at those jokes. So it'd be like just a montage of three of those and me as the server fake laughing, you know, like we hated it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then walk away like, and then that was a big hit. And so it'd be more like that. I'm playing the server. And then like, oh, I need a, I need a woman character for this server. Cause this is a very specific idea that needs a female. So on goes the wig. <laughs> or actually the very first one I played me as the server, the mom and a kid. And it's a scenario that you've all probably experienced where the parents using you to teach their child manners, but you're busy. Mm-hmm. Like, say thank you. You have to wait for them to say thank you. <laughs> you're busy. But that was the joke. <laughs> that kills me. So I brought it, you know, I, I I needed to do this scenario where it'd be like, oh, how cooks treat female servers versus male servers, you know? So oh, gosh. Well, Nicole, because I needed the cooks to say something. So like, hey, no, you're Nicole. Nicole. Oh, and then it's like, oh, here's Nicole again. And I the first version of Nicole, she was very like kind of daft and like flirty and very different than now. But then I needed one that was more like sarcastic and kind of more based honestly on my wife, Andrea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nicole is loosely based on her, but like she kind of runs the place, even though she's not the manager or the Mm -hmm. the owner. Mm -hmm. That was Andrea at a restaurant. And she holds her. It's one of the things that always attracted me to her. It was what a strong person she was. And like she held her space and didn't let people run over her. And like kind of like saw the bigger picture beyond even her job there. Maybe to a fault, you know, at times where it's like, hey, is that good customer service? But hey, good for you. And that's kind of where Nicole was born out of. But people would respond, right? So it's like, oh, I need to bring her back. And then like, oh, I need like that, you know, character that always messes up, you know, and then like, and then Aaron's born. It's like, as a need would arise. That's kind of how it developed from just jokes about the restaurant life to more of like a, almost a one minute sitcom storyline with it yeah this, with this fleshed out mm-hmm. world it was a slow process of going from just jokes to like more character driven restaurant world yeah love that i mean it, it's like i can't say it's a great it, concept yeah i can't say it enough like how much it just resonates obviously with everybody that's ever stepped foot in a restaurant but even I mean, if you work there for two days two days you've you seen can it. relate to at least one thing in there but like I have, I have personally, I feel like I have worked with an iteration of every single one of your characters <laughs> through my time yeah. in the industry. And that's why it's just like, I see your videos and I'm like, I'm reminded, like, I, I don't know if I said this earlier, but I started at um, Logan's. That was my first. Right. That was yeah. my entry. So very kind of on the O'Charlie's That's plane. like O'Charlie's level. Yeah. Bread, bread, bread. And, you know, nobody cares. It's bring me my A1 and. Mine's 57. <laughs> That's it. But like yeah. I dude, Nicole and uh Aaron, I worked with so many of those people. And it's just like it's uh, mm-hmm. it's just I yeah. I will never stop laughing when I see Which one them. are you? What guys though? Me? Oh, I'm you? Brad for sure. Okay. <laughs> Good salesman. Got it. You've be. been around, you know the the story, you know yeah. all the tricks. Schmooze. I know Schmooze is the name of the game. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would and have to be bro- Nicole. <laughs> for okay. sure. Very nice. Yeah, you can't tell me what to yeah, do there. No, that's true. 
And Brooke, <laughs> you've got a very like don't give enough attitude like Nicole. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Do you need a water refill? I don't care. Yeah. I'm not bringing That's it. That's great. Wait a minute. Water refill is a normal request. Yeah, I know. That's all right. Come on, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> um, I dare talk about someone else's table because that was one of Andrea's pet peeves. Is like she runs someone's food, and if they ask for anything else. Oh, it just I would, I would just immediately go to that server. I'm like, your table needs this. I'm not getting up for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, dare I ask if you have a favorite one of your characters or is it too hard to choose? It is hard. I've been asked that. Um, I really enjoy Terry, the manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I just enjoy playing him, mm-hmm. you know? Probably the most, uh, and this, you know, I like Tim and Pam. I like the Southern people. I yeah. like playing those. I a like lot. Tim and Pam. Um, Aaron's fun, you know, just being that. He's evolved too. I've no. I went back and watched a video from like two years ago with Aaron, and the way he spoke was just so. It's kind of cringy. <laughs> it was really over the top. It was just like, oh, you know, like he's a lot more human now, and so I enjoy him more. He's a little more. Believable now. Sure, sure. I'm a little less cartoonish mm-hmm. now. I enjoy. I do love, and I'm sure this is a, is a thing, but I love how uh, Terry has to get involved with Tim and Pam every single time. Every like time. that. Yeah. That's my, that's, yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> one of my favorite parts. And not like, not to mention the Daryl when they bring Daryl in. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. It's actually dark. Darl, excuse me, Darl, excuse me. Yeah, my mistake. No, no, forgive comments. It's it's a rare name. (laughs) Darl is named after Pam's twin brothers, uh, Daryl and Carl. (laughs) Darl, (laughs) love it. Oh, that's amazing. Um, All right. Well, if uh, if you're okay with it, we had a few questions we wanted to get your take on. Here, see if you've kind of if it sparks any memories from your time in the industry. Okay. Um, you want to go so ahead first? We have a favorite question that we'd like to ask um, past servers who have come in, and it would be, "What would you gold medal in if you if there was a server Olympics that was held?" We've had, um, I think mine was getting my shifts covered. Stevens, what was uh, yours? What was mine? I don't remember. What I don't think you actually all, gave us one. All I remember is that that was my question originally. And you have now stolen it from me multiple times. (laughs) So she's the gold medalist of taking 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 things that are mine. We're also trying trying to set up a server Olympics that people can compete in one day. Like a field day or something. (laughs) I feel like I'd be like, I have bronze in like multiple events. You know, (laughs) I was always the like... if if you were casting, I'd be like the Jerry Seinfeld in the Seinfeld world where it's like, you know, across the board, solid, mm-hmm. just yeah. solid across the board. Not great. There's always someone who knew wine better than me or knew this. They cared more about okay. that stuff than me. I knew enough to really sound like I knew what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm always going to show up, you know, I'm very dependable within like, Three months of any job I've ever had, they've asked me to be a manager. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I just kind of had this, like, something about me that... Very put together. Felt like they could, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just dependable, solid person who... I also, you know, related well to guests. They knew who I was. But, like, I was never, like, some of the servers that felt like they had this almost family-like bond with... I just... I didn't have all the way. So, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm just... I'm... I'm there, you know. You're just hitting everything across right the board. You're, so your gold medal is just you're you're good at everything. <laughs> good, not great. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. That counts. That counts. That's a good answer. Um, so this is one that uh, I know you've done a lot of videos about. Um, they did it for me last time, which is like yeah. the one thing everybody hates to hear mm-hmm. because it's the it's right. the one thing that probably didn't happen for that person or you know somebody that didn't know what they were doing. Right. Has now ruined it for everybody. But how do you feel or what's your go-to move like when somebody would say, surprise me? Like they would just surprise me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That always irritated me mm-hmm. more than it should have probably. Um, I did a video about that too with Nicole and did she's you? pissed <laughs> off about it. Uh, at the end, she, she, she gets them like 
all the most expensive items on the menu. <laughs> and they're like, how much does this cost? And she's like, well, that'll be another surprise when you get the bill. <laughs> That's actually a really good way to go about that. That's good. But I I never had the guts to do anything Nicole does. I always, you know, if they were persistent, I would probably, I always tried to set, you know, no, 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 you know, let me just tell you more about, maybe give you more explanation about these two items that'll help you. Mm -hmm. Like narrow it down a little bit. Still pushed. I'd be like, you got it. Especially if I was busy, no big deal. And I just put one in like a, like put my favorite in, you know, mm-hmm. and be done with it. You know, um, I tried to push them from doing that. If they insisted, I just tried not to overthink it. I'm like, we're not curing. <laughs> <laughs> they, they clearly don't care if they're not making that own their own decision for themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. That was I've got. Oh, I did do this a couple of times. If they seem jovial, you know, you have to read your table for sure. Yes. Are they? Yeah money are they into that you know personality but they'd say oh, surprise me and i would say before i left I'm like surprise you're getting the filet and i'd walk away <laughs> like they get the surprise right then not when the food comes <laughs> like, like that's a good move uh-huh. i did that a few times surprise i might, I might use that i might use that next time it happens yeah i'll tee him i'll tee him drew talbot on it mm-hmm. what's your what's your response for this one um you know, oh, we hated it, and they ate it all. What would you say? Um, you go first, Brooke, because I've got like an answer to that. I don't know what you want me to do. You ate all of it, but they're they're joking, right? Yeah, they're, they're doing they're, it as a joke. Yeah, they're joking. Oh, it's like one of those. Fa- yeah. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> I just straight face grab the plate and like give them a little smirk and just walk away. <laughs> okay, you are Nicole. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Drew, I. Grew up with uh, a father who literally would say that to every single server at every single restaurant we ever went to. At the right. end, like before I, I ever, him. no, I know him. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> ever step foot in a restaurant as a server myself? My dad, he would finish his meal and the server would come back and he'd be like, "Wasn't any good," <laughs> and he'd like <laughs> hand the plate back. So like for for fifteen years, any time that I get that, I'll just kind of like give a real genuinely forced laugh and be like, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> hear that that when all, they, I hear that all the time. I'm surprised we're still open. So when like, you <laughs> put the check down and they're like, Oh, I didn't know we had to do this part. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Come on. I would sometimes I would say, you know, I, cause at the end of the day, I'm trying to provide a service. I want them to have fun. I, I want to just say, shut up, but I'm either fake laughing. And sometimes I would say, I would say like, Oh, well, then what'd you do with it? Throw it on the floor? Yeah, I'd look around. (laughs) That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to, I mean, people, you know, you got to make sure that that you are entertaining their joke, even though it's the thousandth time you've heard it. You got to take it. Exactly. You got to take it. Mm -hmm. It's the way to do it. It's the way to do it. All right, Brooke? Uh, Did you have a favorite, like, dish of any of the restaurants that you've worked at? Like a standalone, standout favorite? Oh, man. Or several. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. The no offense to Chef Aaron Robbins, who I worked for for mm-hmm. years and years, or Eric Abel, because they were both amazing. David Lentz at the Hungry Cat just consistently made like the most bomb food. <laughs> it's a seafood place. It's hard to. There was this clams and chorizo dish that was just Ooh, like I still think about. Yeah. Sounds think delicious. about it. Richness, the freshness. I mean, it was all like the menu. It was the hardest place I ever worked. The menu changed every day because it was all local stuff from Santa Barbara and like mm-hmm. raw bar. It was. It you was said it was called the Hungry Cat. Yeah, it's gone now, unfortunately. Uh, but. Okay. And then at Boneyard Bistro, it was barbecue. Their brisket was fantastic. Okay. It is fantastic. Still there, uh, and also they did this. Um, Black and catfish over jambalaya risotto. Oh my god! Yes, please. And yes, their please. banana pudding brulee is great. So those are some. Of my, my okay. Yeah, love that. That works. We're both huge foodies, so like, yeah, we both also never eat breakfast before we do this, <laughs> and then we ask people these questions, and we're like, yeah. oh, we're hungry now. Always <laughs> lo- this this place, uh, Hungry Cat. So it was like, just from a server's point of view, um, the menu would change every day. Maybe even part of an item would change based off what they could get. Wow. It's like farmers market stuff mm-hmm. a lot. So you'd come in, you'd have to learn all that. Plus, there'd be 
a raw bar appetizer special, three to four new oysters that day. Um, Probably a hot appetizer and a hot entree special. You had to learn. Plus, it was a fresh juiced bar. Every drink was juiced to order. So Mm -hmm. there'd be a cocktail special to learn that day. (laughs) A non-alcoholic cocktail special to learn that day. A carafe wine special. The wine list would probably have two to three changes. Wow. And it was just, and so you, I, and then you, you come in for pre-shift and he was like six foot five, hairy, terrifying. And he would just look <laughs> right at you like, Brooke, sell me the blah, 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 you know? And you just be like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, you know, it's it messed up at all. He would just start. And he expected every person that came in there to order like three courses. Everything. Yeah. At mm-hmm. once. So if you dare to rain, run in an entree with no appetizer attached or no oysters or anything like that, an order fire, as it's called. And if that happened like three times in five minutes from multiple servers, all hell would break loose. And it was like, an why open are you not kitchen. selling this appetizer? The chef's table. Like he didn't care. He could have customers this close to him. He'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Leave me out. <laughs> You're fine. And that's where a lot of the angry chef stuff comes from, was from him and a mm-hmm. few others who worked for him. Most like scary chefs get the most mad. (laughs) Most great food, great food. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I would, I think I speak for both of us when I say you don't want to be around when our chef is 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 hot because Mm -hmm. you just want to get out of his way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Great food. He's 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 kick ass. But when he's upset, man, no thing. Go hide. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I want to know. Have you ever, or did you ever in your time, um, get to witness anybody rage quit like on the spot during a shift? Oh man. I've never saw anybody have like a real loud melt. I've seen people walk up, walk out. Mm-hmm. Um, the closest is me with this one. I just told you about, I just got so upset with the way he treated me. Right. Um, I rage noticed. <laughs> I went to the manager who I had a good relationship with. I'm like, I'm done here. I'm finishing out this week and then I'm done or whatever. Here's my month's notice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not a day longer than a year. <laughs> That's pretty good. Rage notice. Mm-hmm. The kind, yeah, in, the kindest, right. in the kindest fashion. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I fucking hate this place, but I've given you my two weeks. You got me for yeah. a little longer. That's right. Yeah. Hey, that. What's that? That's my two weeks notice. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, we have uh, just a couple more things, if that's okay, before uh, before we wrap it up. Um, okay. I am curious if you will maybe help settle a debate for us or maybe weigh in on it. This came up on a on an episode few weeks ago, we got into a discussion about which like staple restaurant has the best table bread, the best mm. free bread. And which it we was kind a, of touched upon it with it was the, a, yeah, it was a heated discussion we talked about before. It needs to be a chain. Well, something I guess that Just could be anywhere that has free bread. Anywhere. I guess it would also There's have a lot like, of, multiple locations that mm-hmm. people could relate multiple with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Outback came up a lot. Um, Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. I mean, Red Lobster's Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Red Lobster are, was one of the number one answers, yeah. Yeah, they are. Way, mm-hmm. I think they're way up. I don't know. They, they're probably number one. Yeah. Because, like, okay. the East Rolls, I had my East. love with them. And now I just, they feel kind of It's just empty. doughy. It's not <laughs> yeah. real bread. Empty. I'm with you on right. that. It just doesn't do it for me like it used to. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'd probably have to go and I don't even eat at Red Lobster, but like whenever I've had them, I'm like, I can't stop. (laughs) Please take these away from me. And if there's any out there that I just haven't experienced, you know, Mm -hmm. but I mean, no one really makes like a cheddar cheesecake factory. I don't love my wife would say the brown bread from cheesecake factory. That's me. That was her oh, answer. Yeah. But it's doesn't do much for me. And the, and the butter's all sometimes too cold and not spreadable enough mm-hmm. to where you just destroy the bread trying to spread it. <laughs> just I mean, spreading it on your hand. Talk about one of the most underrated frustrating things is ice like rock hard butter that you can't spread. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Here you go. And yeah. And delicate bread. What am I supposed to do? I I have sat on the butter packet 
Have <laughs> <laughs> you ever done that? Like Full skin, skin under contact. One cheek, you know, it's warm, just for me. I'm not going to give it to anybody else. It's in the packet. And I just use my body heat to <laughs> soften the butter. And then I bring it out and I'll spread I mean, it out. I'm not going to lie. When I'm baking I sometimes and it. the eggs have to be room temperature, I will like hold them or like put them like somewhere in my like a mama bird. Lord. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's me. You know how I feel about chickens. Your arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should do arm for the butter, not the butt. I just Maybe. thought this was more discreet. Hey, yeah, I say sure. don't don't change, Drew. Don't ever change. Okay. Keep it's keep it with the discreet. keep it with the butt. Okay. <laughs> Respect. I might have to be a video. <laughs> that's what is that man doing? <laughs> <laughs> Keeps reaching um, in his butt. Oh, what what did he put under his? Oh, you've. Uh, I would say you've got to do that. That's mm-hmm. that sounds like a good yeah. one. Or can we just ask you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I'll tell you. I put the butter because you you you're the one who served me cold butter, and delicate bread. You should. So what do you think I did? Butter. I put the butter under my butt and <laughs> got it soft. Is that a Tim thing? <laughs> oh yeah, that could be Tim. <laughs> That's so good, dude. Um, He'd probably make Pam do it. Put this under your butt. Uh (laughs) I already got my eggs under there, Pam. (laughs) Drew, you were doing a... You were doing... What? You were doing like a giveaway on your... uh, Sorry, you reminded me. You were doing like a giveaway on your story the other day, and you were in character as Pam. Just... You were just... Just doing... I was yeah. just dying laughing, man. Old we wanted to do more of that. This is my wife's idea. She did 12 Days of Christmas on her account, and she would have different characters each day pick the winner. And people have gone crazy over it. So on our Patreon, shameless plug, but uh, Patreon. Oh, plug away. Plug. Um, where there's a lot of bonus content on there already, weekly stuff. But we're, we might do more interaction with the character and her. That was fun. Yeah, I thought that was not only was it genius, but I was just crying laughing because Pam's one of like the I think the funniest characters that you do. Just the way that she's always like, oh, and everything like that. So good, man. It's her little bits in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So just a, one more thing um before we let you go. I always kind of like to ask if you, since you're such a, you know, a, a big deal in the industry and you're such like a beacon of hope to everybody you're a lighthouse in the night for all of us <laughs> servers uh what's a what's a good piece of advice for anybody just getting into the industry or maybe someone that's been in the industry for a while that's that you know it's kind of like a you thing that you like to pass on to people oh, that's good um i would say educate yourself in culinary and wine and spirits mm. Because I've, I've been, there's been times I've been lazy at jobs, but whenever I put the work in on my off time to actually like read a book about wine or like learn about what we're serving or talk to the chefs about technique and what they're doing to actually make that thing. Whenever I did that and carried that with me, yeah, I could talk more in a more educated way to people, but I just enjoyed my job better. And then I also found myself uh, ending up at better spots, you know, Mm, mm -hmm, like working better places where the food is elevated and you have this pride in what you're doing. And so I would tell someone, don't just clock in and like, because it's a tough job. And if, if you just, if you don't do that and you just kind of like, take orders it's going to feel all the negative part of it Mm. but if you actually develop a knowledge of this stuff it can actually be pretty rewarding in a a way beyond just monetary you can Mm -hmm. actually have some pride in it and your conversations with tables take a totally different turn and you provide people with this very memorable moment in their lives not just a customer experience Mm -hmm. and you just it just makes you feel you know just enjoy it enriches your life uh, outside of work too, you'll find yourself later in life or or during this time at your job, you know, at parties and stuff and dinners or when you dine out, you'll be able to enjoy your experience more. You'll be able to, when you travel, you'll take all this knowledge with you. It's just, a, it's a great way to enrich yourself with some of the good stuff in life. Mm. 
on the job. And I just think don't be have blinders on to that. Mm-hmm. You're surrounded by people that probably know more than you do about a lot of things and just pick their brain. You know, mm-hmm. Man, I think I menu that. knowledge and like any anywhere you go, menu knowledge is a really good thing to have in your back pocket. Yeah, I love that. Take it to another level. Never stop learning. Mm-hmm. I I think you're yeah yeah you're spot on. But that enhances all the the, like the chefs. Like I would talk to them all the time, and then I would go home and cook stuff, and like I would do what they taught me and make things better and like create a dish for you know your family or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that they're like, wow. Love that. Kind of by professional people. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us what's next. What's next for you, Drew? What's what's coming up for 2024? Man, you know, I just want to be the best version of myself. <laughs> I'm just like repeating what uh, athletes say in post-game interviews. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just looking at the next... Video, you know what I mean? I don't want to get too ahead of myself. It's not about, you know, it's just about what, what, no. Um, we have a, a podcast idea. We're in the like stages of like trying to figure it out. Okay. Um, that went down the pike at some point. Um, other than that, I, I've got some other like ideas for longer form stuff, but it's also hard to get to sure. mm-hmm. without taking a big break from doing the short form stuff. So right now it's still continuing this, but um, it's slowly become more of like a show. So I just want to keep developing the characters more and exploring where we can push this because it's, it's kind of new territory. Mm. There's not a lot of people out there doing a one minute sitcom where you play all the characters. No, no. not at all. So it's like, where can this go? What can we, you know, I don't possibilities know. are endless. Yeah. Man, we can't thank you enough for uh, for joining us and hanging out with us and laughing with us. Um, this has been this has been a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, and if uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but we really do appreciate you for what you do. Um, I know it takes a lot of time to create the way you do and what you do, and uh, it's very much appreciated from me and from Brooke, from Seeger, and uh, everybody in the industry. It's just like. Dude, you are able to bring laughs and smiles at the end of a hard day when you feel like rage quitting. And it's just <laughs> like you get in your car and get on Instagram or TikTok and it's like, oh, here it is. Here's what I needed. Mm-hmm. Drew Talbert. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. And Andrew too, obviously. Like give give her our love because we know that she's a huge part of it too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll give a big shout out to Suzanne and JK again. Our, yeah. our faves, man. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Say uh next time you're in town, can we treat you to lunch at uh the thou that which shall not be named? <laughs> yeah. Use <Sure>. my EOD. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Thank you guys. Yeah. No, thank you. Um we hope you have a great uh new year yeah. and um we'll look forward to seeing you again sometime. We appreciate you. It's good. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Talbert. Thanks, man. The the applause. It's coming. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. (laughs) All right. Have a good one. All right. See you, Drew. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. That was a fucking great episode. Yeah. It was really. I mean, I think that's the first time in a while I have been nervous. Oh yeah, to talk absolutely. to somebody. Like, well, it's so funny because I didn't know. I don't know half of the guests that you bring in here. So I came in here like, okay, so I'm just going to pretend it's one of Stephen's friends, and I don't know him anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I told Seeger that that morning that I was jittery. Mm-hmm. He was like, "It's been a while." How since many Celsius have you had? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was two in before before we yeah. got there. I was shaking. You could just hear the nerves in my I, voice. I, I think before ready. we started, I was like, I can't sit still. Like, yeah. I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was so cool, man. He was just very, very kind and funny and pleasant. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we just had such a good time talking with him. So we hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, definitely look him up on social media if you don't already follow him. Um, he's Drew Talbert everywhere. And he mentioned his Patreon Check that mm-hmm. out too, because a lot of funny bonus content there. Um, and he does, uh, I don't know if we 
talked about this on the episode, but he does cameo. Do you know what cameo oh, yeah. is? Uh-huh. You can have like have yeah. someone record like a happy birthday or something. Yeah. He will do if you if you hit him up on cameo, he will do like a personalized mm-hmm. video of with his characters. Yeah. I've been thinking since okay. I realized that, I've been thinking mm-hmm. about like a funny story that maybe I could because you can send him your own story from your own experience to like and have he'll him act do it out. Yeah. I almost got a I almost received a cameo one time really? for one of my birthday presents from a Grey's Anatomy character. You, almost? You didn't get he it? He didn't get it for me. And I was like, okay. Are you talking about who I think you're talking about? Yeah. Literally just got me nothing. Oh, <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. I lo- Thanks, I'll, bud. I'll hang this nothing on the wall. <laughs> Next to the rest of the nothings. Love that. Uh, well, we really hope that you enjoyed our interview with actor, comedian, Drew Talbert. Uh, we had such a fun time, like we said, and be sure to check him out everywhere. We will give a big giant shout out to Phoenix Studios, Nashville, Tennessee. Mr. Seagarall's literally the reason that it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, he moved mountains to make sure that we had a smooth interview because Drew was in LA, if you didn't catch that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.